Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by Generation to Generation, where you will be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future, as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. Hello everyone, this is Andrew and Daphne from Generation to Generation, and today we want to talk about generational discipleship. We're not going to cover all of this in one episode, so this is going to be uh, covered in a number of them from a different angles and perspectives and when we talk to people about generational discipleship or people come to talk to us about it in some ways it sounds like a new concept but actually this is as old as time basically and we've as as a church as um, as a body we've moved so far from the biblical model of discipleship that this sounds like something new um, but actually we're just going to start taking us back to the foundations so before we jump into this though um, what do we mean by discipleship? Uh, so I would very simply say it's sharing your life with someone in a very proactive way. You know, talking about what you're doing when you're going. And, um, you know, usually we think we hear about discipleship, a discipleship class or a discipleship book or discipleship materials or any of these things. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I believe they are to be used within the context of sharing your life. And if you look in the Bible at every model of discipleship there people were sharing lives Jesus Mm -hmm. and his disciples and Elijah and Elisha Ruth and Naomi Paul and Timothy all of them their basis for discipleship was sharing their lives Mm -hmm. so generational discipleship is sharing your lives with somebody from another generation okay now for people listening that think either I don't know how to do it or I don't think that other people know how to disciple the next generation. Um, can can anyone do this? Well, according to the Bible, yes. I mean, it talks about one generation shall tell the next generation the wonderful works of God, your power to all who are to come. So it was a lifestyle, really. I mean, anybody can have a relationship with the next generation. The trouble is people think that it's something peculiar or odd to have a relationship with another generation. But actually, it's just relationship. Can I do something with you and let's let's show how easy this is? So let's imagine that you have somebody your own age and you wanted to have some fun with them. What might you do? Uh, Invite them to come and do whatever it is that I wanted to do. Right, well, you can do that with another generation. Invite them around, come and do something you want to do. I mean, for me, um, I might like to go out and have a cup of coffee with someone or um, go on a nice walk and talk to people. I can do that with another generation. It's just sharing life, and it's not imagining that they are peculiar or odd um, or you've got to do something different. Now, if I was sharing my life with somebody from a younger generation... I would probably be looking to see what they're passionate about and then connecting with that. So we had an example of that, didn't we? Okay, before we get to that, yeah, um, because you're talking about sport, right? No, I'm talking about hip-hop. Okay, I was going to go with a different example. Oh, yeah, go for it. But we can talk about both. I want us to do both of them. Okay. before we go there, you often, you share your life with people you're friends with. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, for for me, I was a, a part of a cell group 
when I was a lot younger mm -hmm. and someone came to me and said uh, who are your friends yeah right and I think they were talking to you was it a leader mm -hmm. and you told them to come and ask me who my friends He's, were yeah he yeah he said um he said but Andrew don't you want to be with your friends and you said to him I am with my friends right and so I I thought this man isn't catching it so I said to you then but Andrew tell him who your friends are yeah, and so I started to list these people that I saw as my friends. Mm. And they were all, I think, maybe there were a couple that were my age. Mm. But I think all of them were from different generations. Yeah. But I considered them all my friends. Right. And I think that as well is something that we are losing uh, in a, a, a very serious way, especially mm. within the church. This friend connection to different generations. We've been very segregated generationally. Um but yeah, so talk about, were you going to say something about that? Yeah, but I was just thinking, if sometimes we ask people, name three friends. Yeah. And you can pretty much guarantee they'll be the same age group. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I've ever had an example, when I've just asked it without any context and to think of it, that they have ever mentioned somebody. There may even be people listening who yeah. were thinking about it as we were talking. Yeah. And you may have had some names pop into your head. Yeah. Think about, if that happens to you, think about, are they from different generations or right. are they all people around your own age group? Yeah, so it's sharing your life and I suppose you could put it another way, being friends. Yeah. So for me, like when we're connecting with the next generation and really with any relationship, we need to find out what the other person is interested in, what's their passion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could have a passion for, say, music and if I am wanting to connect with somebody else, it's no good expecting them to be totally absorbed in my, in my music passion if they're not. So I believe a healthy relationship will start with me wanting to discover what the other person's passion is. I mean, do this on planes. And if I want to get, you know, talk to somebody next to me, I say, what are you passionate about? And they'll talk. Yeah. So I find that generationally relational often comes with a lot of judgment well, they're this, and they do that, and they don't like this, and they like that. And usually that comes from our own prejudices, not about the other one. So let's give an example from us. Right? You could talk, yeah, and we're going to talk about music. Yeah. But this isn't even just about us. No. Right, this has happened in other generations where there's been a style yeah. of music used. Yeah. Even with the Salvation Army, it yeah. happened to them. And a certain music, a, a style that they liked... And then the older generations, previous generations, would criticise them for what they were doing. Yeah. So, that, like I said, there's this judgment of the next generation. And I believe God moves things forward. And, um, you know, we, I believe that just as the younger generation need to appreciate the music of the older generation, the older generation has got to appreciate what, what is happening in the next generation. And just using music... As an example, and mm -hmm. don't you see it in churches how, how you know different expressions of worship can divide? You can right. even have um, services where it's contemporary worship or older worship, and people go according to the worship, which ends up being generational disconnection. Yeah, you are then disconnecting. Yeah. yeah. So it takes effort and it takes determination. And being willing to step out of your comfort zone right. to enter into another one. Right. So we'll go to the example I was going to give. When you went through a phase of, of I don't know, you still do to a certain extent, of really um, enjoying hip-hop. And 
I thought to myself, oh my goodness, you know, this is all going on and, and I need to be connected to it. Now, I could have said to you, for goodness sake, turn that down, don't want to hear it, etc., etc. But I decided I had to, in order to connect with you, I had to reach into your world. And this is a, just not about us, this is principles right. it's a principle that everyone should yeah. take in you so i remember coming to you and and i remember going on a search for some really good hip-hop for you i'm i didn't tell you i was but i was making inquiries and i remember coming <laughs> to you one day and saying hey look i've got some hip-hop for you and you rolled your eyes and looked at me like yeah right what, what am i about to listen to yeah. but actually it was really good wasn't it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean for people either watching or whatever you can imagine you trying to me thinking you found me decent hip-hop uh, alternatives to what i was listening to anyway and uh, yeah i was i was pretty skeptical of the situations but when you listened to it but when i listened to it it, it was really good um yeah and and years later a lot of these people that you actually found ended up becoming mm. friends yeah. so so i was reaching into your world and i had to do some research and ask and order some things so having done that I thought it's not it's not enough for me just to hand it to you and walk away but I remember sitting in your bedroom and saying um tell me what these words are because I couldn't keep up with it and then you gave me the sleeve because it was CDs and I would watch it and CDs. listen to it. What are they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now you're showing some generational disconnect. So I would listen to the words and and as it was played and oh those words were so hard hitting. I mean they just hit you where you needed to be hit it mm. was impressive anyway in the end I could hear and, the... and you're talking now you're talking a lot about sort of Christian hip-hop oh totally um, yeah. yeah yeah so um so anyway then I began to be able to hear the words for myself and 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 I would say to you is this good is it not until it got to the point where you would come to me and say what do you think of this and I'd say well I'll give you my opinion it was the same as yours so I think, in a way, you discipled me as I discipled you, which mm. is very typical. But it took an effort, and it took me not being judgmental. It took me not rolling my eyes. It took me entering your world and, and discovering for myself before I was tempted to roll my eyes. Now, I may have rolled my eyes if I'd listened to some other things, but I empowered you to... Enjoy what you did in a godly way. Yeah, you didn't want to just take away from me. You wanted no. to provide an alternative yeah. at the same so, time. So if you take these principles to do with discipling the next generation, and I would say the next generation isn't just young people. It could be the older women with right. the younger women. Yeah. Or the older men with the younger men. Find out, first of all, what their passion is and enter their world. It might take humility. It might be everything you're not. But actually, because it's all about relationship, mm. it's fantastic. I mean, me me taking an interest in hip-hop wasn't because I wanted to enjoy hip-hop. It's because yeah. I wanted to connect with you, and therefore you connected with me. Mm. So when and, we... And, and you reached out to me, and then, yeah. and then I, in return, then went back towards you. Of course, Malachi 4, 5, and 6, talking about he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children... Right and the children to the fathers. And we do think there's an onus on the older generation to be the one that reaches out to the next generation. Yeah. And and as is fairly typical, often, not always, I don't want to generalise here, but the role of your eyes was like, 
Oh, yeah. But I had to push I'll, through that. I'll humour you. <laughs> yes. So I had to push through that. Right. And and I had to keep going in order to achieve what I really wanted, which was relational connection. Mm. So I think there's a lot of examples there. And it's not going to just happen. But then any relationship doesn't just happen. And and there's a lot of wounding between generations. You know, it, it is not accepted today or expected that um, the generations will automatically connect. Right. And and if you're a Christian listening to this, actually going to church is very often the easiest way to break up the generations. Yeah. Um, you know, and I want to I want to just circle back to can anyone do this? Mm-hmm. Um, you were invited to a conference in Brazil. And we went and uh, one of the sessions they gave was uh, generational discipleship and teaching these people how you do generational discipleship. OK. And uh, I mean, there are thousands. There, there's probably five, six thousand pastors there all coming to hear about this subject. Uh, can you just talk about what you said this was basically your opening line, uh, your o- or opening section to the message. Um, and sometimes we wonder why people keep inviting us back um, because sometimes we're so <laughs> to the point that it can make people very uncomfortable. So can you just talk about this conference in Brazil uh, and what you said to them? Right. So um, I was actually talking about generational connection in relation to families, but it can also do what I'm about to say can apply to anyone. So I said, how many of you like football? And this is Brazil where... You're I born think, with a football. Born with a football. For, yeah. and, and for people listening from America, I'm talking about British football because... Real, real football. Real football, yeah. because what they play in America is an egg shape and they have it in their hands. Yeah. So we play football, they play egg hand. Okay. Right. So I just yeah. thought I'd put that out. I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yes, they were all jumping up and down saying, I said, how many of you have children who like football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you um, have children who support the same football team as you? And they're all saying yes. Now, I could have said, how many of you go with young people, go with somebody from a different generation? And you see when people are going to football, there's all generations there enjoying it together. Mm-hmm. So when they'd all said yes... I said to them, well, why are you asking me to talk about generational discipleship? Because you know how to do it. You've done it with football. Automatically, Mm. you involve the next generation in football. I mean, you have men um, coaching young lads with football. It's no effort because it's about passion and it's a passing on passion. So in that sense, it was the older generation passing on passion to the younger generation. What we were talking about before was picking up the passion of the younger generation. And passion is catching. Mm. So, you know, what are you passionate about? And people don't go to football discipleship classes where we go, we read a book about how we pass on football to the next generation. We don't go to the kids. Now, come on, son, let's get outside. We're going to pass the ball around, you know. That's going to take some editing. (laughs) Yeah, I might have to lower the audio on that part. But, um, you know, we don't beat them with it. It comes out of a, come on, let's go do this thing, you know. And so for some reason, though, when it comes to church, when it comes to our faith, suddenly we have to go and we sit in endless classes and read books. I'm not saying those things are wrong, but... 
when you're passionate about something, it automatically happens. And uh, you often say that you don't know a, pa a parents who are passionate about Jesus that aren't passing on to their kids. It's just something you naturally do. Yeah. Um, and so then how did you finish that part uh, in the conference? You said this is about passion. Oh, yes. So um, I said, but what did you do with that passion? You love football with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And then when you're passionate, what do you do with it? You talk about it when you get up, walk, and walk along the road, you put the T-shirts on, you put the pictures on the wall, you talk about it at bedtime. Passion spills out of you. And so in, in Deuteronomy, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, which is passion. These things that I command you talk about when you get up, when you walk along the road. So passion it goes back again to discipleship. It's a lifestyle. Mm. It's a lifestyle of fun. It's a lifestyle of enjoyment. It's a lifestyle of sharing passion. It's also a lifestyle of sharing tears and, and problems and caring for one another. But I think we have made it so heavy because we've made it like, we've got to do this book together, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. It's become a task mm -hmm. instead of a relationship where we all benefit by it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't be without the young people in my life. I mean, I just wouldn't. I mean, I'll tell the story here, which might upset a few people, but whatever. Someone once said to me, Daphne, why don't you go out with people your own age? Why is it always with younger people? And I said, you want an honest, <laughs> honest reason? I said, my age group are often so boring. <laughs> and I'm like, I gain so much from the next generation. I wouldn't want to be without them. So I find it really, really hard to get my head around that this has become something that's so difficult, onerous, and something that people don't want to do. Mm. And so they were saying, you know, how do you do it? How do you pass on? Can people even do this naturally? And uh, you say, at the end of the end of giving this example about football and talking about the passion, you say everyone can disciple someone in the next generation when they're passionate about it, mm -hmm. and you say. Is it not that do we know how to do it? It's have we got a generation of parents that have lost their passion for Jesus? And, and, and therefore, anybody for the next And anyone, day. yeah, this isn't just about parents, no. but the, the point is, have we lost our passion for him? Hmm. And therefore don't know how to do it whereas we're more passionate about other things that we are naturally doing that if it's hmm. education, we are going to naturally pour that into the next generation. If it's business whatever it is you're passionate about you will naturally do that and so you know for for all of us for anyone listening you know what is it that we are passionate about what's our primary passion and is our priority in the right place yeah um is a question for all of us to to really think about as we as we talk about this generational discipleship as a foundation of all of it mm. underlying it all is this passion that you have and where is it directed? Yeah. So, so generational discipleship. This is the natural way the Bible talks about this, right? So, could you just talk a bit about that? You know, are there examples in the Bible of of just peer discipleship that you can think of, or 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 not? Well, first of all, the Bible is a generational book. So the whole of the flow of the Bible is from passing from generation to generation. It's all the way through. So even the concept of generational passing on 
um, is a biblical culture, which again, we've kind of lost. I mean, we think we're doing it if we have a good children or youth ministry. I'm not saying that's wrong by any means, but but it isn't the actual heartbeat of, of of what the Bible says. And we'll, I mean, we'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that in another episode. I mean, so, you know, there's making memorials for the next generation. So the next generation will say, why are these stones here? It's so that we'll tell them the story. Um, I mean, the whole story of Israel has been passed from generation to generation. That The genealogies are there to tell us this going from generation to generation is God's plan, very specific plan, not a... Um, a general plan that might happen Mm. Um, and of course Judges 2.10 when we don't do it um, there's a generation grew up who didn't know their God when one generation Mm. died so it is absolute of paramount importance that we turn our eyes away from being peer oriented to being generational now let's think of discipleship in the Bible now somebody listening may find some examples I'd love to know about them, but I can't think of discipleship that happened over a period of time, and discipleship is a lifetime, really, because it's relationship and you don't break that. I can't think of an example where somebody was, wasn't was discipling someone who would live longer than them. Yeah. I mean, you take Elijah and Elisha, you take Moses and Joshua, you take Naomi and Ruth and you take um, Jesus and the disciples he discipled these young people who are going to live longer than them mm-hmm. there's Paul and Timothy I mean it's, it's Mordecai and Esther it's all over the Bible mm. people pouring into the generation coming after them mm. um, and all with different different outcomes so and and we'll talk about each of those yeah, we'll again in separate episodes because there's a lot we can learn from each one of them taking away different aspects of 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 that discipleship relationship. Right. So I think bottom line is even if you can find some examples which we haven't been able to where um, it's not generational, <laughs> the vast majority of the Bible is, and, yeah. and we use, we go for the vast majority. So. It's a matter of catching God's passion and catching God's heart. It's not doing it for the next generation. It's doing it for him because mm. this is how he told us to do it. And you have to say why. It's so that his salvation would be from generation to generation. His throne would be from generation to generation. Mm. His he, dominion. His dominion from generation to generation. And dominion is territory with one ruler. And and his plans are from generation to generation. Mm. So God is thinking generationally, and uh, we've got to get back to thinking the same. Yeah, and David said, uh, even now when I'm old and grey, don't let me die until I've told the next generation. Mm. Uh, he said, uh, by passing on generationally, the nations would come to praise him. Yeah. So like you said, God works generationally. He has different plans for each generation. And even in these examples that we'll talk about, later um this isn't just about discipling someone who will live out live you and that's one part of it but also the principles that you pass on they also outlive you and so the next generations able to live by principles you've taught them in a generation that you never even enter into example times or situations you may not have even been through but you've taught in such a way that they're able to apply them into the future as well and keep referring back to what you've done yeah and and 
what we tend to do is pull the next generation back to us and not us moving forward into their generation and beyond. Mm. So it's like, well, this is the way I did it. You do it this way. Mm. It was good enough for my generation. It's good enough for you. Now, I know there are eternal things. I mean, loving Jesus, laying down your life. I mean, there's so much that bypasses that. Yeah. But the application of it has got to has got to move on with God's plans. So, um, you know, I think in conferences, when we say on the platform, you know, the older generation cannot say it was good enough for me, it's mm. good enough for you. It's the time when every young person in the room knows we're on team. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you see them? Yeah. yeah. And that's a challenge because, um, you know, I have to, again, enter their world and um, even the generations after them. I have got to model to them how to raise them for their generation so that they will raise mm. the next generation to be like David and serve the purpose of God in their generation. Mm. They're not, I'm not there to get them to serve the purpose of God in my generation, but in their generation. Yeah. And, and often when we talk about generation to generation, the natural or the first thing people think about is older people to younger people. But this also goes the other way. It goes younger to older as well and you know for for younger people listening it can be easy to criticize previous generations um it can be easy not to give honor to previous generations for people that maybe have have plowed ahead of you and made the ground easier for you to walk on you know it's important for us to recognize that and give honor where it's due mm. um, we can give glory and, and glory to God but we can still honor man for what they do um, and so it's important that we don't just think downwards in generations but also think backwards generationally as well yeah um, two things come to my mind first one is you know there have occasionally been times when it's usually the sort of young adults especially those that I've known almost since childhood they will come and say thank you Daphne for what you poured into my life mm. thank you for the time you spent with me and that's meant a lot I mean I can remember every moment that they did so that means a lot um should we give the example of Russia when we were there mm -hmm. and um yeah it's a good example yeah and the room, I mean, it was quite a wide room. And one side of the room were the older people, the little babushkas, and they had their hymn books and what have you. And, and right the other side of the room were the young people, and they were dancing up and down. And, and you could feel the tension between them. And by the way, you can often tell by just by looking at seating where the generations are. Yeah, just because you're sitting in one room, it doesn't mean that you're united. No, and even yeah. when you are in a room, you're often all the young people together and the yeah. children there's, together. There's still, anyway. still generational disconnection, even if you're all in one room. Yes, so there they were, and it was obvious disconnection. I mean, it really was. And you could feel the tension. You could feel the young people, you know, saying, oh, look at them, they're just so old-fashioned. And you could feel the older people looking at them and going, no respect. And, and this was quite a few years ago. You were younger. And many of those older people who, of course, suffered under communism, really suffered hard. Anyway, there was a moment during the conference when there was this wake-up moment. Mm. And the young people realised that this older generation had paid a price so they could have the freedom they had today. Mm. And it was almost at the same time that the older generation realised that the price they had paid was for 
this younger generation to have the freedom they had. Mm. And and it was just the Holy Spirit thing because we didn't organise it, didn't expect it. Mm. And suddenly these young people got out their seats and they just ran across the road Rose <laughs> ran across the... That would have been quite the divide <laughs> yeah. in the church. This whole street between them. No, ran across <laughs> the hall and flung themselves into the laps and on their knees of, of these older people and they hugged them and the tears flowed. And I think that is what God is looking for, a deep appreciation. All those older people, what they suffered yeah. for me. The, people may think that this generational divide is an easy fix it's not there are deep wounds that need to be mm. healed mm-hmm. and and this was an outcome of us spending time there we didn't go in and do one session this took work mm. um to get them to the point where they would spontaneously just fly across the room to this next the older generation and, and throw themselves at their feet um now that's a really good example um so i think that you know as we as we start to wrap up this episode i think we've We've done a sort of a, a an overview of the subject um, from an older generation perspective, from a younger generation perspective. Um, maybe for people listening, they've heard all of this. They've heard about the passion and, and stepping out of their comfort zone and into the next generation's comfort zone. Um, you know, what maybe would you say are what some points that they can take right now uh, and start to look at how they can start to implement some of this into their lives what what would you say are some good steps to take well i'd say the first thing is probably if they if they haven't had a heart and a passion for the next generation i'm not talking about oh i'm interested in them and i you know take a turn in the sun disco or something like that i'm talking about i'm talking give your life for them first thing it needs to start with your own heart go to the bible um read what the bible says i mean we've got a book called radical discipleship and mm. You know, maybe you can put a link down where people can get that. Um, start reading about it because it, the conviction has to come from the Word of God. Mm. No good us talking about it. It just becomes like another structure. They have to have a conviction by the Holy Spirit and his passion for the next generation. And so I would say the first thing is that start looking in Scripture at the models we have there and what happened in scripture generationally and I think there are your eyes will just wide open because you will see so many examples I mean there's so many examples even when the babies were included I mean it it went that far so start looking at the Bible looking reading the Bible through these eyes and I think you will find every example you will find the way to do it you'll find all of it laid out in the Bible um and I would just say, ask God to change your heart and give you his heart, because ultimately, this is about him. If we don't pass on to the next generation, his throne isn't established there. His salvation isn't there, and his plans can't be worked out through them. So work with Jesus, do it his way, but start by reading the Bible and catching what the Bible says about it. Yeah, uh, and may Judges 2.10 not be said of our generation, that after us a generation is coming that doesn't know their God. Right. Um, When there's disconnect generationally, there are serious, serious consequences. We're going to look at those in other episodes. We're going to talk about examples of generational discipleship, what we can learn from them. Um, We're going to dive into the subject a lot more, a lot deeper. Um, So keep listening, subscribe, you want to say something? Yeah, I just want to say, and if you're listening to this and you think this isn't the topic I want to listen to, I'll just miss those episodes. I would say 
No, they're the ones you need to go and listen to. Right. Because this is serious stuff. Yeah, this is really serious. Yeah. Um, the consequences of this not happening are, I mean, it's eternal consequences mm -hmm. um, for good or negative. And so this is serious. This is kind of like an, uh, an underlying foundation to everything that we do in life. Mm. Um, so we really need to wrestle with this, grasp the importance of it. So please listen, share, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. Um, leave a good review, rate us. It all helps to to spread the word of what we're doing, the conversations we're having. Um, thank you for those of you that have been listening and sharing. We we really appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, just thank you so much for, for following on this journey. Mm. Uh, until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to this episode. If it inspired you, please rate us and subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or another podcast platform.